Most people, at the end of their life, they don't regret what they did, but they regret what they didn't do. Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. Today, my guest is Don Kuntz. He is a great dentist in Everett, Washington. He's also my brother-in-law. I also want to mention that Don was the very first guest on this podcast, and we were just looking it up this morning. It was September 28th, 2018. Almost exactly four years ago, we produced our first episode of Business Life Done Well, and Don was my first guest. Don, thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks, Pete. I just I feel really honored to be on the podcast again. I just want to say uh, congratulations on you. Uh, the last four years have been a really productive period for you, and I'm just impressed. You've what have you done? Seventy podcasts? Sixty six, I believe. This will be number sixty seven. My goal is to uh, my stretch goal, I should say, is to get to a hundred episodes this year. Wow, that's terrific. You do an amazing job. Well, thank you. Well, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed that first interview we did four years ago. And the reason I had you here today, and I, I'm thankful that you agreed to meet with me, is that we wanted to talk about what we did uh, in the past five years. And I had written a blog post called Five Years Ago, dot, 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 and it was motivated by moving out of our Edmonds office. So uh, my company, bizmarketing.com, had an office in Edmonds. As you know, you've visited a mm-hmm. couple times, right? Beautiful. Nice spot on the water. After a five-year lease, we moved out, and it just felt like a real uh, milestone and sort of a turning point, inflection point. And I decided to stop thinking about the future for one moment and look back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, I shared my recollections in a recent podcast about five years ago and kind of what happened over the past five years. And I challenged business owners, folks who listen to the podcast to do the same thing. And lo and behold, I I think I got a text from you saying, yeah, that was a great podcast or that was a great article and been thinking about it. So I immediately invited you to be on the podcast so we could talk about five years ago, looking at kind of where you've been in the past five years. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. You've thought about it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Without further ado, what comes to mind when you think about five years ago? I mean, I know there's a lot of different, you know, sort of categories of things, but what what's the first thing that comes to mind for you with relation to your business? Well, five years ago was September of 2017. Yep. About five years previous to that, about five years previous to that, I had um, just built a new building, and it was a real labor of love, and it took me a lot of. Uh, had to move out of that building because it was in the space. It was a, it was in that 2009 2010 where the economy tanked. Yeah, and so it was a real it was a real uh, stretch for me, and it was a real great experience building that building. But and I hired this guy named Peter Wilson to do my marketing for me, and so 
I know him. Yeah, between the building and the marketing and uh, just I got some new staff members and the business really took off. Mm -hmm. So I just hired uh, a young man named Nick Conley who's still with me as a, a dentist, great dentist, great young guy. We had a lot of new patients, a lot of demand for our services. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one guy, uh, I remember, I think it was a Boeing engineer, and he was kind of ticked off at me. He was like, you know what, Koontz, I've been coming to you a long time, and I've always been able to get an appointment. I'm pushed out three months. I can't see the person I want to see. And he said, you know, my job at Boeing is to uh, monitor capacity. You know, mm -hmm. if we're going to sell things, we have to make sure we have the capacity to deliver the product. And he says, that's what my job is. And he says, that's what you're not doing right now. You're not dealing with your capacity issues. And he was, he was pretty serious about it. And so I just took that to heart and I said, um, okay, thank you for your input. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's taking you three months to get in anyway. So we'd had five operatories at the time. And one thing we did was we, we turned my little office into an operatory my sister, Susan, was was working out of that office. So mm -hmm. Nick and I were just in these little cubbyholes. We didn't have offices for ourselves, but that was fine because you don't make any money sitting in your office. So five years ago, we'd done that, but that still hadn't solved our issue. So 2011 was when you opened your then new practice. Yeah, yeah, building. July July of 2011. Before then, you had had a uh, double-wide office. <laughs> what yeah. do they call it? Modular office? Yeah, thanks for like that yeah. on that space that had been there for 20 years or yes. something like that. So it was 2011. I remember that because I was still working in the corporate world then. And was that right? It was, you had to start your own business. Yeah, and it was 2012, early 2012 when we started. So you know, a little more than 10 years ago. That And you were the first client that we worked with. Oh. So I remember you had yeah. opened the new building. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, hey, Pete, <laughs> we, <laughs> now you know, now that we got, got this capacity, we got to fill got it up. all this debt. And then, and then, of course, you filled it up. And then, you know, then you and Nick, you know, you changed your office into this, uh, into an operatory. So you really were kind of crammed in there. Mm -hmm. So at the time, you had five or six operatories. And now you've got this Boeing engineer telling you, hey, Koontz, you know, um, you know, you, you got to do a better job at this. Yeah. Uh, so then what happened? Well, um, I started looking around, you know, I said, how can I, I really can't add on to any more space because, you know, I had a certain footprint of my land and um, there was a guy next door. He was kind of an old broken down building. I was going to have to tear that down. And I was trying to think of some way I could kind of connect the two buildings. And that didn't seem to be working out. I'd looked in other parts of town. I'd looked in up in Marysville. I looked over at Edmonds. Um, but I really like that, that space right there in, in South Everett, right off of 128th. There was a guy across the parking lot from me. He and his wife owned a commercial printing office, had a building that used to be a Children's World daycare. Oh. And I'd, I'd thought about buying that in, in like 2000 or 2003 or whatever. Wasn't able to buy it, but they bought it. It was basically a big warehouse space. Mm-hmm. I talked to him. He was a nice guy. We were friendly. And I'd, I'd talk to him every now and then and say, hey, hey, Eric, you know, if you ever think, if you ever think about retiring or moving, let me know. You know, and he's so always they, so they had a print business and they owned the space. They owned the building Got and it. they had a print. It was like it was like a more of a warehouse space. Okay, it was just very basic. Yeah, and the building he hadn't done anything to the outside of the building because he wasn't really a retail. Thing. It was it was like a commercial. He was he was taking printing from other printers and doing it. Yeah, so it's commercial. Printing. Yeah, he didn't have any didn't have any desire or need to make the, the building look good. Yeah, he didn't or have any retail. Yeah, just yeah. right, right. This was like in the latter part of 2017, first part of 18, and I was just talking to a real estate friend of mine, and he said, he said, Don, you know what? 
that strategy is never going to work. He's like, what you got to do is you got to get an offer on paper and present it to him. And you have to get a banker to say, yes, I will finance Don for this amount. So I made some phone calls and uh, got a banker to say they'd finance me. Yeah. I had uh, my friend Aaron just present him an offer. I wasn't really expecting much of it because like he'd always said he was, you know, retirement was years off. And mm-hmm. So but, this was in a casual conversation that you were having with him. Exactly. I'd never that. made any kind of formal offer. Got to it. Him. So then when you put it in writing. You put it in front of him and put it in writing. And he, I think he was, you know, impressed about the, the, the amount. He kind of countered and we, we, we agreed on the price. Yeah. Sure enough, he ended up selling it to me. How much, how, how much longer after you presented the initial? Uh, right away. Wow. Yeah, he, he like I said, he countered and then for not, for not a whole lot more. <laughs> that's, that's, it seemed like a lot of money at the time, but looking back on the five years, it's like, you know, now it, it seems cheap. You'd love to buy yeah, it for that. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, he ended up carrying the, carrying the note for a couple of years too for me. So wow. it worked out really well. And then I kind of, and then I was telling people about it and um, my staff and even family, and they were just kind of like confused. Like what this, they, they didn't see how this was going to be a nice building. So you've got, yeah. So you've got this beautiful at the time, beautiful office, only five, six years old. And, and everybody's like, what? So, and then you go look across the parking lot and you see this kind of old, not old, but just a, a building that Basically with no, no street appeal at all. No, it's a, no. it's just a big box, big rectangular box. Yeah. yeah. So I um, ended up hiring the same guy that uh, designed my building to design this one. I kind of wanted the same look. Yeah. I got some financing, which I was grateful to get, you know, because I was, it was taking a lot of money, yeah. you know, I had to, had to pay for the, um, well, I had already had the note for the, for the building that had to basically rebuild the place, turning into an, a dental office. Right. Um, had to pay the county uh, a very high mitigation fee for traffic. Did ever tell you about that? How'd that feel? <laughs> you know what? It's feel like a shakedown? Part of doing business, I guess. I don't think it's really relieved traffic much, but anyway, that's another subject. Anyways, there's, there's just lots of costs, lots of, lots of, you know, you put a lot of money into it before you actually get the financing for the, you know, for the building. Mm-hmm. So you put a lot of your own cash into it. It was a stretch, but first building the first building, it just, it really kind of gave me an idea of you have this vision for something and you work towards it and it really stretches you and you really realize how much you can accomplish by doing that. And I've tried to tell that my kids, I say, you know what, don't be afraid to take risks in life mm-hmm. make, you know, make sure they're, they're sound risks, but set a, set a, a, a goal. That's like you saying, kind of a stretch thing. So it really makes you work for it and makes you really get up in the motivated. morning and think yeah. about it. You think, you know, it's always on your mind and yeah. it, it really makes, to me, it makes life fun. You know, it makes life fun to have something to shoot for, have a mountain to climb, have something to really strive for. So that that whole process, uh, actually, when I talked to you on the podcast last time, I just purchased the building in 2018. Yeah. And it seems like both, both times I've built buildings, we've had this economic crisis in the midst of the building. Mm. <laughs> the first one was in the whole downturn of the, you know, recession. the re- real estate recession. Yeah. Uh, dentistry was 08, terrible. 09, you know, I hardly yeah. had, had any patients. Um, this one, we had a COVID breakout in the middle of the building. Forced shut down. You guys were forced we by were the forced state to by, shut by down the state for to like shut down for three months. Three months, right in the middle of right in the middle of building, and the builders were forced to shut down too. You know, wow. yeah, that's. Uh, um, I'm a person of faith, and I did a lot of praying that time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've always felt very blessed in that, in that respect. So. We got we got our doors open October of 2020, just after that the pandemic yeah. was kind of still raging there. One thing I'm impressed with is the way that you all. I mean, we're not just 
you know, focusing on the building itself. But one of the things that I was impressed with in the new space, you were able to take some lessons learned with your old space and kind mm-hmm. of create the ideal flow, you know, like the way yeah. patients come in one way and they go yeah. out the other way. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it was funny because we wanted to have more of an open concept like the, like our old building, the fire marshal um, or the fire inspector didn't go for that. He wanted uh-huh. us to have it. So we had this basically a corridor because of the fire issues, but it turned out that it actually worked out very well for COVID because we found patients actually wanted to have more privacy. They wanted right. to have to feel more contained. Yeah. So it was actually a blessing in disguise. Uh-huh. I love the old building. I, I like I love that concept. I just think now it's just it does give a better, I think, patient experience to mm-hmm. have more privacy. Right. So if I were to build another building, I'd probably build it that same way with kind of more closed in operatories rather mm-hmm. than rather than really. So where are you at now? How what 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 is the what is the count? So you went from X number of operatories to to Y. We have eleven now. We have okay. six to eleven, so we almost doubled. We hired another uh, dentist, young man from the area, and we have we went from like three hygienists to sometimes five, some days five hygiene. So we've increased our capacity. So that guy that that was busting my chops, I you know I tried to <laughs> tried to uh, alleviate that problem. I think we've done a pretty good job, and um, we get you know we still have problems getting people in sometimes, but we have a lot more front desk people. Yeah, just a, a lot of. A lot of good people working there, and it's a great space. And I'm just, a- I'm just glad we're able to serve more people. You know, our, our revenue's gone up. We've been able to impact more people in our community. Right. So, f- so let's, <clears throat> so let's do the rearview mirror. What would you have told yourself five years mm-hmm. ago? What would you tell the yeah five year younger you? You know, it's just like life. You go through a lot of stress, and you, you do a lot of worrying. It's all going to work out. You know, that's that's kind of my thing. It's it's just put the time in. You know, put the effort in, and it's going to work out. And mm-hmm. it's it's just, you know, going back to what I said before, it's just about giving yourself a, a, a chance to really expand your network, expand your reach. You know, that I was hearing a guy talk, and this isn't new to this guy, but he was saying, you know, most people at the end of their life, they don't regret what they did, but they regret what they didn't do. It's like, I could have actually done this if I just stretched myself a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's good advice. Obviously, your location, you're pretty much in the same. Your address is like a half. <laughs> off your old address, right? Yeah, so it's right across the parking lot. So you didn't really move. Yeah. Uh, and that, that old building I have leased out to an orthodontist. Mm-hmm. So it's still being utilized. It's still being used well. Um, we, we refer patients back back and forth to each other. So mm-hmm. it's still a nice place. I mean, some of the other things mm-hmm. I think about is in terms of like services, your your people, you know, your clients or patients. I mean, that that was one of the things that I kind of touched on looking back at, you know, five years ago, uh, we didn't have, Chris Goldman wasn't working with us at the time. Emily had just uh, had her one-year anniversary. Tim had, Anne had been with us for three years at the time. Uh, we had not hired a full-time designer. Now that person has moved on and now we have Marcel as our designer. So I think about, wow, over the course of the last five years, I've seen a lot of changes in personnel and people and Mm -hmm. things like that. So are there any um, things in like people or services that you think uh, are worth mentioning? That we've added? Yeah. Or changed or whatever. Yeah. You know how how life is. You go, people um, come and go. I've I've lost some people. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's been kind of cool is two of my assistants have gone to dental hygiene school and they both um, said they were just super encouraged by me and some other staff members to really, uh, you know, 
kind of stretch their horizons. And they've gone on to further their education. And um, one of them is just about to graduate right now. So that's something I'm, I'm, I really feel good about and just providing. A, and obviously, they're the ones that's doing the work. But right. I think they felt the encouragement from, mm-hmm. from me and my staff to, hey, you know what? You can do this. This is something you should really think about. So it's just neat to see people advance their careers. Another of my hygienists is teaching part-time at, oh, wow. a, at a hygiene school. Yeah, uh-huh. Mel- Melanie. So And she's, she's very, very ambitious too. And then, like I said, we hired Dr. Golveo about a year ago. He's a young man from from South Everett. He went to Mariner High School right, right. right down the street. He's a good guy. And it's, it's, it's just fun working with him, seeing his energy. You know, you and I, are, we're, we're kind of, um, let's say we're more mature than we were five years ago. <laughs> and I think that's something... I'm 61, Don. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 58 tomorrow. Yeah, you're but, um, getting ready to go to your high school reunion. Yeah, yeah. But it's just you. like, you think of yourself as young, though, right? Of course, yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. But... You look around and all your patients are, you know, most, I mean, we have a, a lot of mature, older patients, but a lot of them are in their 20s and 30s. Right. And what I think it's cool is to have a lot of different um, ages in our staff. Absolutely. You know, we have young dentists, we have young hygienists, we have older hygienists, we have older dentists. And so it's just, um, it's really good, I think, as you go along in your career to be able to add youth to your staff, mm-hmm. in my perspective, because then it just, it makes your patients, I think, feel more connected, you know, where if, right. if everybody, that's, they say the problem with dentists is their whole staff just kind of ages, ages at the same with time. them. Yeah. yeah. So now you have this. And then your patients do if you're not paying attention. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's good to have guys like Dr. Golveo, Dr. Conley's young. Yeah. And we've got some young uh, hygienists. We've got some young assistants. And it's just, it's really neat just to have that mix. We have different, a lot of different ethnic groups. We have mm-hmm. um, different languages spoken in our office. You know, South Everett is a very diverse ethnically area. So I think we've really matched that, which is great. So you're trying to reflect the yeah, and they're surrounding just, they're just, area. Yeah. There's great people, you know, and it's just, yeah. it just makes, um, makes a nicer place to work, I think. I think thinking back, you know, way back when I just it was just me and a couple assistants and a hygienist, and it was just so much. It's so much more fun uh, having other people there. We can do, we can do um, uh, events. We we have lunches a lot. We we went out to dinner cruise this year. We have that was a um, blast. Man. Yeah, it's just fun to have a bigger staff. I think it's fun to have other dentists to bounce things off of. Mm-hmm. I would not want to be working in a, in a clinic where I'm just the only dentist anymore. Just It's just too lonely. you know. Yeah. I ask Dr. Govan and Dr. Conley about different things. Hey, what would you guys do in this case? And it's just such a more collegial atmosphere. So it's, it's the more we grow, just the more fun it becomes and the more connections we can have with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. One thing that I was thinking about as you were speaking about younger folks is I just read the other day that there are digital firsts and analog firsts. Hmm. So what folks that, that are 35 and younger are digital firsts. They've never known a world without, you know, digital and the internet and phones and all that. Whereas all of us are analog first. So when we talk about shopping, for mm-hmm. example, we, mm-hmm. the analog first will say, you know, I went shopping, but if I go buy something online I'll say I was online shopping, right? <laughs> That's your default is, is yeah. going to the store and buying yeah. something. Yeah. But but when I even talk about it, if I did buy something online, I'll make mention of, well, I was online shopping. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say, well, it, was, it wasn't really shopping. It was online yeah, shopping, yeah. right? Whereas digital first don't make a distinction. They were shopping. Exactly. Whether, in fact, if you go to the mall, they'll say, oh, well, I... You know, they'll they'll have some reference to well, I was actually you know went to the yeah <laughs> went in person went uh, IRL 
Well, here's the funny thing. According to this, what I read, there are 134 million analog firsts, and there are 140 million oh. digital firsts. So we're outnumbered. Yeah, we're outnumbered. So yeah. uh, it's time for us to, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, well, pay attention. Yeah, and in that same vein, I mean, you guys have helped us out a lot with our with our patient communication. Mm. You know, right? A lot of it's in texting now. Yeah. Um, text messages people pay on you know through our website um so i think that's you're right that's that's something the younger generation really wants and really right. and they, they want to they check you out on their phone first they read reviews um you've done a really nice job of kind of being able helping us organize those reviews right yeah um and that's yeah that's crucial i think these days in any kind of business you have yeah. to be able to tap into that digital mindset well the you know related to that we look at the numbers i remember when they were saying that searches on mobile devices would overtake searches on desktops and this, was, <laughs> <laughs> this is more than four years ago though five yeah. years ago today we look at the search volume numbers online it's 70 to 80 percent mobile, mobile first interesting and i personally i will just because i'm lazy i'll grab my phone to search for something and then if i find something interesting maybe i'll go to my desktop to mm -hmm. just have a better experience to look at a website or you know, do you have to something. i should probably know this but do you have to tweak our web page to make it mobile friendly it, we we've done that like several years yeah. ago yeah but i'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. that's yeah. that's what you do because you know that most people are looking at us through our yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't really build a website these days if it wasn't mobile uh, optimized you know where yeah. where it actually it changes depending on the size of the screen mm -hmm. that you're viewing on and there are certain elements that will even add or subtract depending on the device you know for example at the bottom of your website if you look at it on a phone we have a little footer there that's always there that says "Call us, book appointment." Oh, okay, it's little buttons, right? Yeah. But if you're looking on a desktop, you don't you don't see that because mm, okay. that obviously <laughs> you're not going to click on a button on a desktop. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's uh, so that when I when I saw that about this analog first, digital first. Oh, and by the way, here's another sobering statistic: we've been analog first more or less for the last hundred and forty thousand years, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Digital first. Last 35 years, you know, you and I are sitting kind of in the middle of this crossroads, <laughs> right? What are you saying, Pete? We're, we're dinosaurs? No, no, no. It's just, uh, it's an interesting time to be alive. Yeah, it is very and, interesting. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's changed dentistry too. I mean, about when we moved into our old building, 11 years ago, we went all um, digital charts. We went all digital x-rays. And there's some offices that still have paper charts. Um, we, uh, we started doing Invisalign and we use uh, digital scanning for that. Sometimes there's things I still like to take an impression with a, what's called a polyvinyl impression. I just think you get a better result. Mm -hmm. I tried the CERAC for a while, but I just, you know, digital things are just transforming the, the, the business. Mm -hmm. you know? So even if, probably it changes the way you work with your suppliers, I would imagine. Vendors. Yeah, yeah. We can scan things to the lab. Yeah. The vendors. Yeah. You can obviously search for things online, make your orders online, that yeah. kind of stuff. Looking at the last five years, is there anything else that comes to mind with respect to uh, the business or uh, just the way you look at it from a personal perspective, you know, where it fits into your life overall? I think I've really, you know, really come to appreciate it more, mm. you know, and just come to realize how much I really, how much uh, of my life it is, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, the older I get, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the next chapter, you know, eventually right. 
the great thing about, I tell these young dentists, the great thing about, this is my 30th year in dentistry. Yeah. And, um, and I've been pretty much in that same corner for 30 years. And the great thing about that is you, is you being a general dentist, you see these people every six months. And you, and you see, I've had people come in that have kids and say, oh, yeah, Dr. Koontz, you were my dentist when I was a kid, you know? And, and you, yeah. and you, and it's, that's what the fun part of, for me is just, is just, connecting with these people every now and then and just seeing how their lives progress and mm-hmm. trying to be a small part of their, you know, healthcare and then and then the staff members too. So, I really like I said I've just really come to really realize how much that um my business means to me and just the people, you mm-hmm. know. Of course when you're building a business it's stressful and whatnot, but I'm just trying to really appreciate every day that I get to work there. Mm. And uh the neighborhood has changed, you know. They've built a lot of buildings around. They we've I think that area I was reading over the past like I don't know what, maybe 10 years. Mm-hmm. It's been the largest growth section in the state of Washington. They said we added we added us the equivalent of a size of Walla Walla to that area. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. It's, it's a lucky fortunate, location. I've been fortunate <laughs> to be in a very growing location. Feels good to, to be able to, to, I think, improve the area. You know, we, mm-hmm. we built those two buildings and well, yeah, my, son, my son cleaned up a bunch of homeless, old, you know, disregarded homeless camps and and uh, it's, i think pe- people have said that they say hey hey you know coons thanks for making our neighborhood look better right. so that's been cool yeah so i i think i'd be remiss if i didn't bring up what you went through last weekend oh <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> my, my triathlon my punish self-punishment yeah. yeah yeah i did a um a half iron man down in Santa Cruz, California, my um, my brother-in-law, who you know, Ray, has always been very good about encouraging me to stretch myself. And mm-hmm. about, I don't know, six or eight months ago, he said, hey, I'm doing this half Ironman in Santa Cruz in, in September. Why don't you do it with me? I hadn't um, been training a whole lot. I was kind of having a hon, and then I finally just one day signed up for it. And you know how you know how it goes. Once you commit, sure. once you yeah. commit, then you yeah. have to really work for it. So I started riding. It was uh, you know, it's a half, so it's a one point two mile swim, fifty six mile bike, and thirteen point one mile run. So that was last weekend. I didn't break any records, but I, uh, I guess you I set a, I set a personal record. Finished. <laughs> I finished. So what I, was the total? Was it seventy three miles? Seventy point three. Seventy point three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was just cool to have my family down there. Yeah. yeah, it felt it felt actually the 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 run, the swim and the bike felt really good. It felt really not very hard, hard, mm-hmm. you know. But then when I got off the bike and started running, that's when I really felt it. So, you know, if and when I do another one, I'll really work on the run more. So mm. maybe wow. you'll do it with him someday, Pete. No. <laughs> no desire. It's a hard no, huh? No desire. But hats off to you. When was the last time you did something like that? Well, I'd, I'd done a full uh, iron length triathlon in, um, gosh, my, must have been around 20, 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago. Wow. With Ray. So that was like the last time I'd done something long. And, and this um, this felt, I don't think quite as tough, but mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm 20 years older. so You've done shorter distance. Yeah. I've done some well. sprints, some Olympic versions. Yeah. And uh, those are fun too. But this was a nice because it really focuses you on really working out. And the, and the, the place where you did it was beautiful. It was, uh-huh. we, we rode up Highway One, up the up PCH, you know, and just these beautiful coastlines. So, so, what are you thinking while you're out there? Maybe I don't <laughs> want to know. Well, through your mind? that's the challenge with these races, Pete. Is they don't allow any kind of electronics. Oh. No headphones, no AirPod, no ear earphones, no AirPods. Yeah. So you're really stuck with your thoughts there, and so. It's funny because uh, on the run, when I was really struggling, I would just meet these guys and just kind of run up beside them and just start Have a little talking chat. to them, say, yeah. hey, what's going on? And I met this one guy from Vancouver, Washington, actually. Oh, right on, where him. we grew up. Yeah. 
And then I met this one guy, this one engineer for Google, and um, finally he told me, you know what, could you quit talking to me, please? <laughs> I'm running out of breath. <laughs> so I said, okay, fair enough. And then the very, at the very end, my, um, my son-in-law, or my future son-in-law, Andrew, um, he kind of came up and jogged beside me for a couple of miles, and he said, uh, he said I'll just, you know, jog beside you, is, is, is whatever you want me to do. And I said, Andrew, just start talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he's about what? I said, I don't care. Just tell me what you did today. <laughs> I just want to take my mind off my legs. How about right the now. mems? So we just we just did that the last couple of months. That really helped me. But it was, yeah, it's part of it. It's just wow. it's just a mental thing because you're just stuck there with your thoughts and yeah. And most of what you think about is you know the, the next <laughs> How much the hurts. next water break and yeah. what I do is I'd stop at that. They have these little every about mile or so they have like a water station and it was yeah. pretty, it was pretty hot actually. It was hotter than I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. So you just pour ice down your back and pour water over your head and stuff. So um, that kind of keeps you going. Wow. Well, hats off. Thank you. It was, um, I'm not sure it was fun, but it was, it was rewarding. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away and uh, just amazed and inspired by you. Well, Don, I appreciate this look back at five years ago. Can't wait to have you on the podcast again to talk about. Let's do it in five years, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not like wait that long. But, uh, but thank you so much. Yeah, maybe we'll have you on for... Uh, Maybe when we hit the uh, episode 100, maybe we can think. That'd be great. I really enjoy about. listening to your, um, I, I haven't listened to all of them, but listened to quite a few. And it's just, it's encouraging just to hear a lot of business owners and people from different walks of life. And uh, it's it's a good thing you're doing. So keep up the good Appreciate work. Appreciate it. It's, it's a joy. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.